all of us at some point in time have been asked by somebody not in the horse world, what's the cost, really, of owning a horse? And I know most of us at some point, we think back to the old joke, it costs everything. And really, in a manner of speaking, it does cost everything. You, Your mental sanity, all your anxiety, your money, pain, time, it costs it all. And we're living in a time where we're starting to see ourselves go from those weird, awkward kids in school that nobody understood that uh, the horse guy or the horse girl typically that got picked on to now everyone kind of wants a part of what we do. They want to be more like us now. And they want to know the cost of entry. And the reality is, is the cost of entry pales in comparison to the total cost. And though I'm not a financial advisor, I'm the last person you would ever want to take financial advice from, I have managed to keep my little farm afloat. Through trial and error and help along the way, I've finally figured out what it takes. And I hate to say it, but the answer is everything. I always equate it and tell people this when they say that they want to get into horse ownership. Usually the first thing I ask is, what's your background in horses? And if they say none, my best advice is to find a barn, get into a lesson program, and become a horseman first and a horse owner second. Because there's more to horse ownership than walking out and feeding that horse every day and looking at it and going, well, there's my horse. So I equate it to owning an Italian sports car, buying a brand new Italian sports car. The Italian sports cars are flashy. They catch the eye. They're fast, great lines. They're the epitome of what you think when you think of European sports car. They're also very expensive. And there's two routes to owning an Italian sports car. You can go spend a lot of money on a new one. Or you can buy a used one at a huge discount. And then pick up spending more money on it as you go. And it's the same for horses. Buying the car is probably the less amount of money you're going to spend on the car. Especially if you're financing. So owning a horse is like financing an Italian sports car. Without a warranty. See, Italian sports cars are known to be finicky. They, uh, they're not super reliable. But they're gorgeous and they're desirable. So you pluck your few thousand dollars down. And you take delivery of your Alfa Romeo or whatever. Well, then you got to make that payment every month. We'll equate that in the horse world as your maintenance for that horse. That's feed, hay, whatever. That's going to be that payment 
every month. It's got to be made. If you don't make it, you lose it. Then every few weeks, that car is going to need things like oil changes and brakes and services. Well, those are going to be your vet checkups, your seasonal shots, Coggins, Farrier, things like that. You equate it that way. And the price just keeps climbing. Hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And then at some point, something catastrophic is going to happen. And it's going to have to go into the shop and have something replaced or repaired to the tune of thousands of dollars. And that's just like a horse pulling something or shearing a hill bulb off in a fence or ending up pulling or tearing a muscle or a ligament, having to have a tooth extracted, having a case of the strangles, colicking. We can all equate the car to the horse at this point. And here comes the part that gets tricky. When the cost of ownership of the horse becomes too much, you don't really get the option of just dumping it like you would with the car. When the cost of the car gets too much, you can sell it to somebody else who's willing to take on that. With the horse, you're now setting that horse up for failure. And that's why the rescues are full, the slaughter pens are full. It's because people didn't fully understand what they were getting into when they took on ownership. So long story short, if you can't afford currently to go buy a brand new car without a warranty, pay the down payment, pay the monthly payment, plus keep up with all the maintenance and anything that would break for 30 years, horse ownership is probably not for you. And this is me not trying to gatekeep the horse community. This is me trying to protect horses from ending up dumped in bad situations in the back of a cell barn somewhere. This is how we end that. The average serious horse owner does without so much just for their animals. Me personally, I could have a brand new F-250, F-350, Ram 2500, nice horse trailer with living quarters. If I didn't have the horses. But I have the horses. And they take the priority. So I have a 99 F-250. And an old rusty trailer. Are they serviceable? Yes. But I have to be careful about what I spend because I want to maintain enough savings to where if something catastrophic were to happen, I don't hesitate having to call my vet or call my farrier and paying that extra for an emergency visit. And though credit cards are a thing and they exist, you still have a lot of people out there that when you have to call them out on a Sunday for an emergency are not going to have a way for you to swipe a card. Cash is king. Also, you know, racking up huge amounts of credit card debt for your animals is not something any 
financial advisor would ever tell you to do. Because you're spending money that you don't have, that you will eventually have to pay back. And then something else happens. And now you've maxed out this credit card. You've been paying on this credit card, and your savings is gone. So the best advice I can give anyone is to have a few thousand dollars in an account, in savings, wherever, that you just don't touch. It's just there. And if you have a credit card, great. I don't care what the limit is. If you've got a credit card, great. Put it in the back of your wallet and forget it exists. That's that emergency, emergency fund. And some people can afford to do things a little differently. And that's fine. If you can afford to spend money on a whim, I'm proud of you. I'm glad. I'm glad you can just spend endless amounts of money on whatever you want. For the average person, that's not the case. We, we can't do that. We, we, we have to really watch our money because our horses have taken the priority. And for the first-time horse owner that's listening, I, I hope this is gut-checking you. And you've had to take a step back and swallow. And really think about, is this something I want to get into? Because you should be thinking. You should be having them conversations with yourself. This is a huge financial and emotional thing. This responsibility that you're going to take on is not like having a dog or having kids. It's completely different. I'm a father, and I can tell you raising kids and taking care of kids is a lot easier than taking care of horses. And I know somebody's jaw just dropped there because they're a parent and a horse owner, and they're like, wait a minute. So I ask you this. I can put on Spongebob and set my kid down in front of the TV, and I can go about my work for a few minutes and know that they're going to sit right there and watch Spongebob. I can't do that with a horse. And as soon as my horse has any option to try to hurt itself on something, it will. My kid, though they attempt to hurt themselves on everything too, I can kind of get their attention for a little while when I'm not there with the TV or a tablet uh, or a toy. My horse is not so much. On a trip, I can swing through the drive through of McDonald's, even though I hate to do that, and pacify my kids with chicken nuggets. When my horse is hungry, I can't do that. If they're eating this feed, they have to stay on that feed, or I risk other problems drastically changing their feed. At some point in a young kid's life, it learns to go to the toilet and clean its own self. A horse never does. We will constantly clean up after that horse for its entire life. So to me, tiny humans will always be easier to wrangle than horses a lot of the time. And we all make the joke, yep, I'll take a hundred horses over a kid. And I've made that joke. But the reality is, is kids are just easier to deal with most of the time. Once a kid learns to talk, it can kind of tell you what hurts or what's going on when it doesn't feel good. A horse will just stop eating or just favor its leg or drop food and then 
is you and the vet trying to figure out what's going on, or it's just you trying to figure out if you need to call the vet. And then you get asked, well then, if it's all this horrible and costs this much, why do you do it? Well, because it gets into your soul. It goes beyond a mental thing with horses. There's a reason why we have terms such as our heart horse. And our heart horse is that first horse that really connected body and soul with us. And we worked as one that we gave our entire heart to. And it's hard to explain to a lot of people. I, you know, I equate it to, do you remember your first dog? The, the, the best dog you ever had. If it was good or bad, that's the dog that stands out to you. Magnify that by a hundred, and that is your heart horse. And my heart horse was not even my first horse. It was a horse that came along much later. A little Pinto Half Morgan that I'm still in love with to this day. I still have her. She's getting up in her later teens. She's been healthy. She keeps weight. And she's a go-anywhere, do-anything girl. And she is my heart horse. And in the saddest day, outside of losing a parent or a child, it's going to be when I have to bury that horse. And that brings me to another part of horse ownership that the average person does not understand. You buy a horse, and now you're going to spend 20 or 30 years with this animal. Sometimes less, sometimes more, depending on when you buy this horse in its life cycle. And you're going to bond with this animal in ways that's going to be harder for you to bond with any other animal. Because you're going to ride this animal. You're going to work this animal. You're going to know the intricacies of how this animal works. And you're going to do something with this animal that you're probably not thinking about right now. You're going to tell this animal secrets. This animal is going to know more about you than any human on the planet. You're going to vent to them. There's a reason why most equestrians will say the best therapy in the world is looking through the ears of a horse. And it's true. Because you can vent without judgment, without anyone doubting you as a person. You can vent. And they're just going to go on about their business and they're never going to tell a soul. And then there's going to come the day that you've experienced all of that with this animal. And you're going to make the decision on if it should live in pain or if it should die gracefully. And I hope you make the decision to let it, to let it die with honor and grace instead of living in pain. That's just a horrible thing. But to know you're going to have to put that animal in the ground or have it cremated that's a hard pill to swallow. And horses know you. They, they smell you. They can see you. They know you are their person. And I had a young lady tell me one time that she's never had to bury a horse. She never had the heart to do it. 
so she always sells her horse or gives her horse away when it gets toward the end of its life. And I felt that disturbing on a lot of levels. And mainly I felt it disturbing because now you're taking a dignified death that you could be giving that animal and you're passing the buck to someone else. So now this animal gets to die in a strange place with strange people under circumstances that you know nothing about. That disturbed me. So we've talked about the money and we've talked about the emotional baggage that that comes with horse ownership. There's something else too that comes along with horse ownership that a lot of people don't think about. That's the anxiety of all those vacations that you used to take, those weekend trips, this, that, and the other. There's a huge responsibility now that needs to be fed and watered and looked after. And so those will become less frequent to the average person. And though there are people that still get to do that stuff, they can afford to do those things, to the average person, that kind of goes away or isn't as frequent as it once was. You start finding yourself not being able to trust other people, even people that you know are completely trustworthy, not trusting them with your horses. Then there's the laying awake at night. You know, did I cut did I cut the barn lights off? Did I cut the water off? Is my horse okay? Did I do this? Did I do that? If you don't lay awake at night and think about those things, there's there's a problem. Because we all do at some point. If you haven't woken up in the middle of the night and ran outside with a flashlight in your underwear, are you even a horse person at this point? Legitimately, I've lost count of the amount of times that I have ran out in a pair of mutt boots, my boxer shorts, and a flashlight. So if you can handle all of these things, then jump head first. Start looking for a horse. I would prefer you get into a structured lesson program. Learn to at least be an a higher beginner or an intermediate rider before you decide to take on horse ownership. And the reason I say that is because if you jump head first in without knowing nothing, you're going to rely heavily on the vet to walk you through. And that's if you've even got a good vet right off the bat either. Not all vets are created equal. Not all farriers are created equal. Not all training programs are created equal. That's why my recommendation is to find a barn that you can get into that has, you know, some sort of group or references that you can check. And you'll learn more about what it takes to own a horse as you're learning to ride. Because there's so much more to it than just hopping on a horse and, and going. The horse should not be training you. 
you should be training the horse, and every ride should be considered a training program, a training lesson, let's say, for you and the horse. Because typically, when people say that they're, you know, at a stage in their ability in riding that they're comfortable, at that point, they've set themselves up for sheer failure. If they no longer want to progress as a rider, those are the type of people you should avoid. Don't be taking advice from those people. Because every time you throw a leg over a horse, you should have it in your mind, even if it's just a relaxing trail ride, that you and your horse are going to be better for it when you're done. And if that's not the mentality that you have, then you're settling to be mediocre. You're setting yourself up to be a failure as a rider, and you're setting yourself up for injury because you're not correcting the little things that come up. Also, you're not learning how to correct the little things that are coming up. And I harp on that a lot in my TikTok videos about being able to correct things on the fly, and that should be a must for anybody who rides. And I'm not saying that you have to be a world-class trainer. That couldn't be farther from the truth. All I'm saying is, is you need to know enough to look at a horse of what it's doing and know, this isn't right. He wasn't taught to do this. Or, what he's doing is not being cute and funny. What he's doing is he is pressing me at this point he is trying to get away with something and if you don't know those things and how to take control of those things horses will push you to the limit they will test you they will see how far you will go before you break sometimes and for some horses that may not develop past throwing the head a little bit wanting to veer around on the trail or bunch up with other horses or paw but other times, that can mean you being thrown and hurt. And it's all avoidable if you know what to look for. I've missed warning signs before, and I still miss warning signs today out of all the years that I've been riding because it's new occurrences. It's things that I haven't seen before. I'm not a cult starter I don't work with a lot of problem horses. I finish a lot of horses. So when I run across one of my horses doing something, and we're all guilty of it, we're out having a beer, enjoying a trail ride, and the horse does something silly, we all laugh, and we go on about our business. And really, none of us should be doing that. We should take that as an opportunity to correct the problem and make sure it doesn't happen again. Or when we get home, we try to get that horse in the round pen and see if we can recreate that problem and see it from the outside looking in and come up with a way of showing that horse you're wrong, either giving it the option to work or do it or, or so on. And when I say I finished horses, 
I don't take horses that have 30 days on them and then teach them to be barrel horses or rainers or cutters or... No. I Typically, the horses that I get are from another trainer friend. She's already done her time. She's got the horse where she wants it. And before she gives it back to the client, due to her schedule, I will take the horse for a week or two, put a bunch of wet saddle pads on it, i.e. a bunch of rides, and, and see how the horse does. Because we are average horse people. We we have full-time jobs along with our horses. We can't operate a full-time operation. It's not lucrative enough for us to do. We also don't have the facility to turn it into a full-time operation. So we make do. And it ain't so much for the money as it is we just enjoy it. And that brings me to another part of horse ownership for the first-time person. Is if you don't enjoy riding, if you're intimidated every time you step in the saddle, it is time to work on your confidence. And the only way you're going to do that is being on a horse. And that's why I highly recommend taking lessons. Never underestimate the power of lessons. And I don't mean somebody's brother's cousin that owns a horse. I'm talking a structured lesson program where they're going to show you what good habits and bad habits are. I'm not saying there aren't naturally gifted horse people out there. But the reality is, is those type of people are far and in between. And I would not skimp on lessons, especially if you're building confidence. I would not skimp on lessons. Because a legitimate trainer is going to have a lot of students under their belt that come to them just like you. And you will even notice that a lot of world-class riders will have a gut check. They'll have a bad fall or a bad injury, and their confidence will wane a little bit. And if you look, even those people, nine times out of ten, will enter into a lesson program with a trainer to help them get their edge back. Now, I'm not saying for you to build confidence that it's going to require hundreds of dollars an hour. There are plenty of really good trainers out there with references that are $40, $50, $60 an hour, depending on where you live. Now, that's subject to change. Out west, it probably costs a lot more than it does out here out east. I live in an area that is very horse-driven. I live in Aiken, South Carolina. And to a lot of my English listeners, Aiken, South Carolina is probably a familiar town to you. Um, a lot of people winter here with their horses. And there are a lot of generic lesson programs with some of the barns on the outside of the county that have great little lesson programs that are sub-$50 an hour. I think when I was working with kids, when I had a lesson program here, I think I was charging $40 an hour. And that was six or eight years ago. And now some of those kids that I trained here are jockeying horses for me. They're world qualifiers in the NBHA. They've gone on to be great horse people. 
Now, I'm not going to say that that was all me, because they had outside help too. But what I'm saying is, is a good trainer can plant those seeds, and it's not going to cost an arm and a leg. But again, that's another price that we pay when it comes to horse ownership. But with all that said, I hope you've enjoyed my insight into that world, and everyone's going to have a different opinion, and that's fine. My opinion is my opinion. And if you have a different of opinion, I'd love to hear about it. That's how the world should work. Instead of calling names and saying someone's stupid, we, we bring up our difference of opinion in a manner where it can be discussed. And if you don't know, there is a Facebook group. It is Ryan's Horse Talk. Horse Talk being one word. Uh, I can be found on TikTok at Chastain. We're doing some merch here pretty soon. Uh, some Richardson hats. Um, I sent off another design to the guy who's going to make them here locally. We've got two designs that we're working on. One's going to be a little bit more expensive than the other because it's going to take more work. Also, for those that follow me on TikTok, you know Bootleg Bubba. Uh, Bootleg Bubba is getting a sticker here pretty soon from what I hear. And uh, as soon as I get more info on that, I will fill you guys in. Also, if you're interested in being a guest on Behind the Eyes of the Horse, you can email me at ryanchastain, one word, at ymail.com. The letter Y in mail, one word, dot com. I'd also like to thank everybody that got us to 40,000 followers on TikTok. You guys are amazing. I think the content is mediocre. But uh, you guys prove me wrong every single week. And I love every one of you for it. I love all the comments. I love all the... The Q&As that I'm sent, um, it means the world to me. Uh, absolutely means the world to me. If you enjoy comedy podcasts, I invite you to uh, listen to the Life Illiterate podcast. Anywhere that you get podcasts, you can find it. It is me and uh, my co-host uh, doing our best toilet humor. It is not for the faint of heart. It is explicit, um, but it is pretty funny. Also, I don't want anybody getting the idea that you're going to get a new episode every day. This is going to be weekly. I am throwing a few episodes out um, kind of quickly, trying to get the listener up so we can kind of get into advertising with some of the advertisers that we have with my other podcast. And that requires listener count. So once we get this up a little bit, we're going to be looking at a weekly episode. Don't know what day yet. It's coming. And again, I thank everyone for listening, watching my content on other platforms, and happy trails, and enjoy your horse.